Downstairs of Pader Carney's pub, uh, an authentic Irish Dublin pub, it's fair to say, on Dame Street. Uh, Brian himself is a performer, musician who's played in many different pubs around Dublin, many pubs around the world, indeed. So, might as well dive into it, Brian. Could yeah. you tell me about your kind of early experiences of playing in pubs, how you got into it, and you know how you you developed a you developed a name for yourself in the kind of Dublin pub scene? Yeah, well, I'll I'll try and summarise thirty years for you. Okay. But it started when I was in, uh, I lived out in Ballyferma, uh, Neilstown Way. Uh, and then from that early age, there was always the pub scene with the ballad singers. You know, I, I always, it just seemed like the norm. That's all I ever knew. My father was a really staunch ballad lover of music. He wasn't a musician, but he was, definitely had a keen ear for, mm. for Irish songs. So I got to, you know, brought up on it like most uh, working class youngfellas would have been and girls, obviously. But I um, uh, started off seeing guys sing on a Sunday session. It was always Sunday ballads, you know, mm. especially in Ballyferma particularly, not so much in Clondalk, but, um, but in Ballyferma particularly and still is to this day. So um, when I got into music, like started playing inst an instrument at uh, about 12 years of age, I still always knew how to play ballads on the guitar. Like mm. it was just something I just embedded in me as roots. So like the likes of back home and Derry and stuff, I knew right from an early age of ten, you mm. know. So then I just saw if I had a friend called Tony Sweeney, who uh, was the brother of Paddy Sweeney from the Dublin City Ramblers, and he started to bring me to pubs on the Sunday afternoon because obviously young people can go there at that time. Mm. And then I hooked up with a band called the Beer Mats from Ballyferma, <laughs> who are great guys and great and still going actually, and um, great bunch of lads. And they'd always let me sit in on their session, and I'd get be able to do two or three songs. And then it was always it was always good crack, and I was always felt very welcome. So from that point on, it was just something that was always always that I was able to do. Yeah. Unknowingly to me then that I could actually make a living out of it. Mm. I just did it for the crack. Yeah, I suppose there's not many people in Dublin who can say. You know, I've got plenty of friends who are musicians, and not many of them can say they make a living out of it. Yeah. What point did you kind of, you know, start playing by yourself in pubs and been able to to charge a fee, and then yeah. slowly realizing, you know, once you get a few gigs together. It happened in two thousand and one, just as the world turned into Euro, or Europe turned into the euro zone. Mm. Uh, so it was two thousand and one, I think that was right. Yeah. And um, uh, basically. Uh, I moved to Barcelona in January of 2001 when even Spain just turned to Euro and they, they just didn't understand what the Euro was. <laughs> they were still counting in pesetas like we were in pounds, I suppose, yeah. when it started for us. So I just just moved over there just on a whim just to see what the hell I could do. But then I just realised, you know, I didn't speak Spanish or anything like that. So I just, I went to an Irish pub called the Michael Collins at, at the La Sagrada Familia, the really famous place yeah. in Barcelona. And I met a guy, from, the guy manager then, Niall was his name from Laytown Mead. And he just said to me, look, I'll let you, I'll give you a go. If you're, like if you're shit, you can 
F off. You're on the boat home. You, know, you can <laughs> F off out of here. I'll tell you straight. Oh, well, he won't mince his words and he never did for a play drum. But he said, if you're good, I'll keep you on and we'll take it from there. And basically he loved what I did, mm. ballads wise. And I was still an amateur. It was the first time I kind of really did it for, for money in yeah. a pub. So, and I think he gave me 80 euros. Which for me it was great. That was great in two thousand one in yeah, Spain. As in well. Spain as well. So it was like he really loved me. He said, "Look, I," and I said, "Look, I'll take as many nights as you can give me." He said, "Look, I'll try and give you two a week, but there's other pubs as round, and tell them that you've played with me already." Yeah. And I said, "If they can ring me, and I'll let them know if you're if you're good mm. or bad." Anyway, so therefore he gave me the contacts to go to Flan O'Brien's then, which was and then your man took me on then. And then I went to another place, uh, what was it called, Flanagan's or something like that, down off the Ramblas. Mm. At the time now, it's Barcelona now, it's got loads of Irish pubs, but they're not really Irish pubs. Yeah. They've just got the brand name of an Irish pub. But these were authentic, owned by Irish people. So it was great to be working with them. So to the three of them, I had three gigs a week. So for me, getting nearly 200 quid a week in Spain at that time, and I was pretty, pretty young. So well, not pretty young, but I mean, I was still in my 20s. I yeah. guess just just about, and so, it was enough to pay your way. And yeah, it paid me rent. Uh, I got a room to share in a house, a box room, you know, mm. and I was happy out for a year. So I was a, I was a beach bum in the day, and I was singing in the pub in the night. It was a great way yeah. of getting girls. And was <laughs> <laughs> was that that was kind of your apprenticeship before you kind of came back to Ireland to start playing? Exactly, and you realised you could. So I, when could I came back to Dublin, then I stayed a year in Barcelona, and when I came back, I just said, look, you know. Just keep this going, you know. Mm. I want to play guitar and I love singing. Like you know, I don't really care what it is once it's music. Yeah, I could do my personal stuff if I want, but you can't really make much money out of yeah. original compositions. It's very difficult to do that. That's the industry that's difficult. But yeah. as an Irish guy singing Irish songs, I saw there was a niche for that, and that's something that mm. I could actually really work on and build on. I got started to know other contemporary tunes as well. So when I came back to Dublin. I went to a place called O'Sullivan's. I tried a couple of bars, but I didn't really like them. I didn't like the clientele. A bit rough for me, to be honest. Right. Uh, it was a bit one-sided. But when I went to O'Sullivan's, which is across the road from Cassidy's, where you right. first met me. Uh, yeah, I did five years in O'Sullivan's. Your man, Colm, used to live in Barcelona. And he made a couple of calls to see was I telling the truth. Right. And he saw that I was telling the truth. And, and guys totally recommended me to him. Mm. And he gave me... Basically, I started to uh, I was I just took over that little pub. Mm. I started to do four nights a week, and I was again I was making good money. Mm. So, um, I just found myself loyal to Colum, actually, and I didn't really want to play anywhere else. So we, we it almost turned into an institution, and I know a lot of people would would agree with me who spent those years there mm. with me. It would have been the type of place where you know. People would be coming back there week on week, much oh, the same people. Regulars, regulars, regulars. And it was great, young Dublin people, lads. You know, and, um, and then the tourists, the, well, non nationals, who, you know, it was the time of the bubble as well. Mm. So, you know, we were in the Celtic Tiger as well. So everybody had cash. It was yeah. just money going around. So everybody was bloody out nearly every night of the week. And uh, the non nationals working for Facebook or whatever kind of IT jobs as well, they were coming in. And because it was bang right in the centre of the city, it was so handy for everybody, for buses or people who lived in the city centre. But then the, the great thing about it was you had a mix of Irish and non-nationals together. And the Irish would kind of show the non-nationals how it's done, if you know <laughs> what I mean. So then it didn't take them long to kind of go, I like this, you know. And uh, 
it sort of built up from there and then after five years there like, I won an award in 2006 for my contribution to Irish tourism as well right. so that was something that's like, based on your, your work in that was just I just had this certified Brian Brody uh, O'Sullivan's bar to contribute his contribution so mm. I, I was so proud of that the bar was so proud of it yeah. it really meant that somebody out there was noticing what was going on yeah. we made a lot of noise for one little bar <laughs> you know I just thought everybody and then I moved over to Cassidy's because uh, the client, the new management came into O'Sullivan's and it turned out to be a very bad affair for a short period of time. Mm. But that was their fault, not mine. Yeah. So Cassidy's was great. And then I did a stint in there for about two years, three years or something. Mm. And then moved into Temple Bar, then the old Dubliner, for another three years. Remaining loyal to every pub. I didn't play anywhere else but that bar. Right. Any bar I sang in, singing, it was yeah. just that bar. And then I moved into Paddock Kearney's, which I've been here now for almost five years. But this is the kind of pub I want to sing in. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of spit on the floor. You can't, wreck, <laughs> you can't wreck the place, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's built well, but it's organised properly. Well, we're down here in the basement where they frequently have beer pong tournaments and stuff, so they're not precious about getting the floor wet. No, because they, you know, they're not really. I mean, it's... They know what a pub is. I mean, this is not a pub that has a, a Michelin chef star on the front door. It's not trying to sell food as, as well as that. It's just a pub. It's a boozer, which, and they try to, they, they run it well, yeah. you know? I suppose uh, for anybody listening at home and wondering why I've chosen to talk to Brian, I came across Brian first, probably 2006 or so, mm. uh, when I was working for a, a pub called Tour Guide Company. So we'd bring them into Cassidy's on Westmoreland Street and generally we go to a pub every hour and without fail every time we came in and Brian was playing, they wouldn't want to leave but we'd have to bring them on to get them their free shots in the next place. And it's the same case in Paddock Harney's. We always came in. It's not a huge pub but it was always crammed up the front. Mm. We'd bring in about 30 Americans for the most part and they'd be shouting uh, requests at them and you would generally be able to fulfil the requests as well. There's always a great atmosphere. It's always a good atmosphere. I think when you get everybody in such a close proximity to each other, it's mm. not a super pub. I was never into yeah. singing in a super pub because somehow you, you lose that connection, that, that initial connection. Like the likes of Cassidy's was, wasn't that big either. Mm. And O'Sullivan's was small. Mm. O'Sullivan's was about the same size as Paddock Ernie's. Mm. Maybe slightly bigger, but only by a few feet. Again, Cassidy's was that size. Again, that kind of that very small kind of intimate affair, like somebody is sitting on your lap and they're kind of going, play that song, you know? <laughs> and, you're going, and I'm going, okay, you know? I love that I can see their time on their watch. We're that close, yeah. you know? But um, it makes for a good thing. And I, I always try to be very inviting of anybody that comes into power, no matter where they're from or what they're into. Mm. I mean, for me, it's just a connection of music, really. Yeah. Would it, would it be important to you to be able to show people Irish music, Irish ballads and things, but just outside the Temple Bar so they don't have to go to the Temple Bar pub or, mm. or any of those. Nothing against those pubs, but you know they can be a bit expensive and there's life outside those pubs for, for Irish people. So would that factor into to where you play? That you'd like it to is a factor because it was a factor why I left the old Dubliner in the end, mm. even though I love the old Dubliner. And I, that's one of the, the one pub. In, in Temple Bar area that has a great history of Dublin people and mm. Irish people drinking in it. You know, the, the, used, the bus used to, the, the, the bus that used to go to Ballyferma used, the terminus was right outside the pub. Right, yeah. Like that goes to show, that's before the cobblestones came in, you yeah. know. 
So that was the type of it was in the seventies and the eighties, mm. and uh, and I remember loads of people talking about uh, my peers talking about you know the bus that left and they just have to fall out of the pub and in, <laughs> onto the bus basically the door yeah. one door open and the other door and the, it's like one door into the other and, and the, the last short in the lads got the the easy lift home and um, but I just the thing about a temple bar is it's uh, it's a hub. You know, it is a hub, and I suppose it serves its purpose, you know. Yeah. But then, you know, if the last time I played in the old Dubliner, I think I was asked, I was asked about, you know, if I, if I played Galway Girl for two and a half hours, everybody would have been happy. But that's not the kind of performer I am. Yeah. And it, for me, it's a bit soul-destroying. So at least in Paddock Haney's, like, you know, when I'm on that stage, if I want to sing something that's obscure or something... The crowd in there seem to don't mind. That's what they're kind of looking yeah. for something slightly different. Yeah, there's a lot of I play a lot of standards as well, but there is a segment where I get to do some stuff that you wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do it in Temple Bar because they'd be just looking at you. Kind yeah. of going, what's that? You came here to mm. slap her. When that's not familiar, so we're not into it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The the attention of a goldfish sort of thing, mm. you know? Because it's such a hub though, I mean it, it does serve its purpose and I'm not knocking it really. But as a performer prefer to be on the peripherals of the yeah. you want uh, to create some diversity in the city as well of course, that just isn't some just slightly different yeah slightly different um through playing for a lot of international visitors and tourists it seems on facebook at least that you've made a lot of friends around the world mm -hmm. do you still keep in contact with people that you've you've met in the pub and just very rarely i wouldn't reply to anybody mm. like you know i i I, it's one thing I, I think I pride myself on is staying connected to people as much as possible. Yeah, so like, I mean, like, my phone never stops, you know. Um, you'd hate me if, well, I, I have times now, I, I pick my hour, take my two hours to reply to everything mm. now. So, but um, it's great that people want to stay in touch with me and see what I'm doing and whether it's through Facebook. Facebook is such a, a tool now for me. I don't, yeah. rarely I put something up about my, private life on Facebook now it's all to do with the music or the gigs or where I am it's just it's, yeah I'm proud of that actually. have you ever heard any stories of people meeting at one of your gigs in Patterkarnies for the first time and, and still going out or have you been asked to play any weddings I've been asked to play at millions of weddings mm. millions um, from O'Sullivan's time to Patterkarnies time which would be what so around 2000 and say say three so uh, that's over what twelve years ago now. Just people having their ten year anniversary from when they met in O'Sullivan's and they're coming to Paddock Kearney's. Like I, I get that quite a bit, yeah. and I, I've seen people from different countries get married here, that met here. I met on my gigs. I've seen people who have had you no know, children, and you know they've yeah. got their married lives and stuff goes on and. It's great to think that they met socially at my gigs. Yeah, and uh, probably due in no small part to the atmosphere created in the pub by yeah. yourself and by it, the staff. And well, they made themselves regulars because they obviously enjoyed the atmosphere. Mm. They felt comfortable. Uh, you know, they went home with a, with a smile on their face. I mean, that's, that's all anybody wants as an entertainer or as a pub, especially the guys that run this place. I mean, they run it so well. I mean, they, I know what their philosophy is. And it's not far off mine when it comes to the customer or it comes to the person in the crowd. As for me, it's an audience, it's not a crowd. Mm. But for, for, um, for the bar, the customers, you know. But we both have the same philosophy is like it's all about them. And we want to make sure they leave the place going, I really had a good time. 
Do you know what? Yeah. You should come back here. That's all, I mean, that's, that's all you want, really, at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's all about quality of service. And for me, it's the quality of the songs and the gig. Yeah. You know, If I have a bad gig, I'm not a happy guy. So I, I take it very seriously. You've played around the world in several countries, mentioned on your website, Scandinavia, Doha, mm. a lot of other places. Were they as a result of you know, getting in with kind of tourism boards or having a name around Irish pubs around the world? Just people who saw me. Some people, you know, the Middle East was with some guy who used to come regularly to me mm. in, in O'Sullivan's. And then he got a, a big job out in Qatar. And he, you know, I have an old pub, live pub CD. And mm. that kind of gets knocked around a bit, you know. And, and um, so it's good to have that. And then the people kind of go, oh, I really like the sound of this guy. Well, let's, give him a, let's give him a try, you know. Yeah. And that's what happened there. And 10 years later, I'm still going three times a year. And um, then... I just been to Norway is a regular thing now, and that's just through people who contact me, and if I trust it enough, mm. you know, if I trust the business arrangement of it, if I really do, I'll go for it. There's a lot of requests I get, and I don't, I don't like the sound of it, so I don't do it. Right. So it's just built up. I've built it up all by myself, nothing to do with tourist boards. I'd like the tourist board to help me, but yeah. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how you go around that. You know, yeah. I've just, I, I've got my own little thing going on. I don't really care what anybody else is doing. I'm just looking after myself. So um, that's basically that on that, really. But I'm happy. I'm going all around the world. But they, well, I suppose it wouldn't just be Paddy's Day, considering you said you're going three times a year. Um, do you go abroad for Paddy's Day to play, or do you prefer I've to never done it. First? I've never been abroad. I've, I've thought about it now. Mm. Um, I'd like to, yeah. Definitely like to see what it's like. You know? yeah. Probably like to go to New York or Boston, though. I think that's where... You know, somebody like me would, would probably yeah. go down well, you know. There's a new... Sure you'd get plenty of invites to, to come back there if you, if you went down well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, well, I hope. That's what I'd hope. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, I'd like to check it out sometime soon. But I'd, Ireland is a... I like being here. Cause I just feel like everybody... All the musicians get asked to go away, so there's no real... <laughs> there's, there's no musicians left in Ireland for baddies there or something, you know, so... Um, you, you play, you know, in places like this, you play kind of a lot of covers, ballads, uh, contemporary tunes, but you also kind of, you like to make your own music. Mm. Um, you launched, was an album in Grand Social there last year? I did, um, yeah. Do you find kind of, that's a lot more difficult to do, to draw a crowd to, or to to have, you know, a degree of success, however you measure that, compared to, to playing in pubs like Patrick yeah. Barney's, or would you get the same thrill out of it? Well, it was a bit. It was it was a full show. I mean, people that knew me uh, came to support me, and th I think that album is not what people were expecting that I do. Right. They were expecting, you know, I don't know what they were expecting, but I mean, the music is slightly different. But there's a new album that I have coming out now that I'm recording with um, a fellow songwriter called Daniel Callagher, and I've been. They're more what people. The sound of the songs is more folk orientated with a, a more modern twist to it it's like some, it's you know a bit pogsy you know it's got that kind of aggressive edge to the folks sort of songs i've been singing them in the pub and they've been going down so well like i mean they get asked for so much now mm. and i'm really happy about that because i'm going right i'm actually doing this right now I've, there is a crowd that come and see me regularly they know me they love me doing the irish stuff so why don't i just get an album of this irish stuff of just, just new songs yeah so that's basically my new project at the moment and um, looking forward to getting it finished. should be finished by the, you know, and give me a few months, you know, we get it going. We're starting a ball rolling next week, so keep an eye on that one. It'll be on my website anyway, okay. brownbrody.com.
Good plug. Thank you. <laughs> so you've been playing for 10 years or so. What would be the best or one of the best gigs you've played or the most memorable ones, maybe? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's say I took it up professionally as a job in 2001, say. Right. So that's, what, 14 years ago? Am I right on that? Yep. So 14 years, almost 15 years at it now as a, like... This is my job now. This is this is what this is my occupation, mm. you know, and uh, so. But as gigs go, I've so many memorable gigs of everybody. Like by the end of it, everybody in circles hugging each other, maybe to wherever Caledonia or something like. And everybody just, it's amazing to see that crowd and just to hold your, just to hold your concentration and not get overwhelmed like they're overwhelmed. You know, right. you know, if you if you just suck into her overwhelmness as well, you'll start crying. <laughs> and, you know, the the song won't get finished. You know, yeah. so I've always had to kind of go. It's their session. They're the ones having the session. You're supplying the music. Yeah. So like, keep it together, all right? Yeah. If you, you know, stop, it all just falls apart. Take it on the chin and just be happy for them that they're happy, right? Mm. Just keep going with the chin. Um, I mean, I have I've had so many numerous times. I remember one time in the old Dubliner that um. Um, a big group of guys got me up on their shoulders after my gig and, and just singing my name I mean that, <laughs> that's pretty awesome and they weren't from Ireland they were from Holland nice. and um, I've had so many fantastic dubs days post dubs I always have gigs mm. after the dubs match especially in the, champ the championship particularly and um, I've had some magic days with the dubs because that's a day and a half. I mean, I prefer that than St. Patrick's Day. Any day of the week, give me the dubs. Because they just sing their hearts out. Obviously, it's great because they know the words of all the songs. And I be singing a lot more Dublin songs. Mm. And they all know the words. And it's great. But, you know, the GAA are fantastic. Uh, doesn't matter what county you're from. They're all great. I think every one of them are brilliant. Anybody who mm. supports the GAA that I've come across are just fantastic people. Whether it's from Donegal to Kerry or whatever, mm. from Mead, whatever. Yeah, I suppose that's one of the community aspects. It's the community aspect, and that's another thing that I love about singing Irish ballads is the community fact. That's why they call it folk music, I guess, because it relates to everybody in the community. About yeah. that father, oh, my dad used to sing this song. I get that a lot as well. Mm. Can you sing Spansel Hill? That was my granddad's song, you know? Or you get a, a woman coming up going, can you sing Grace? Because that was my nanny's song, you know? And it's kind of like, yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. yeah, I totally love this, you know what I mean? And that's, you know, if you sing it and you know it and you do a fairly decent job of it, you know, you've just made a friend almost. Yeah. You know, which is great, you know. Uh, so the dubs matches, any of them actually, because I love them all. Mm. I love every, you know, of them. So hopefully you'll have a, a busy summer coming up. I hope, I hope so. I, they always give us a good day out. So, mm. you know, my heart's always broken looking at them. But, you know, at the, at the end of the day, game's a game as well. So, but I enjoy the after show. Definitely, particularly. Um... There was one gig I did um, for the Irish or for the American troops in Qatar, in the Roar and base. Really? Yeah. So that was that was. I wouldn't say it was one of the best gigs I'd ever done in my life, but it was one of the most memorable. Actually, I've done more than one, but the first one was particularly right. good. They're all sober during it. They're all sober. Well, they they have they they're allowed three drinks in a twenty four hour because they're all on standby still. Right. And they're all in their early twenties. It's amazing. Mm. But then the first gig I did. People didn't really know what was going on. This Irish guy up on a big, massive stage with a star and stripes singing Irish chants. <laughs> and then, but I did the gig the next night 
and they all just appeared out of the woodwork with their dropkick Murphy's t-shirts, their Pogues <laughs> t-shirts, like, you know, Kiss Me a Myers t-shirts, whatever they had that was Irish based, they had it on them. Yeah. And coming up taking photographs and stuff. And I just thought that was really cool. I just thought... How did that come about? How would you get well, a somebody, gig like somebody that? Somebody saw me doing my regular gigs in Doha. And the girl who actually runs the entertainment for the troops was a friend of a friend. And she just said, I'd love to get Brody in, into the base for the soldiers. They have no entertainment. You know, they're starved of entertainment up yeah. there. And um, your man says, well, we can get Brody if you want. Just ask him, you know. Yeah. He'll, he'll do what? Like, he'll, sing in, <laughs> he'll sing in a toilet pot if you, if you, if you pay him. You know? <laughs> Which is, uh, well, you know. Uh, but, so she asked me and I did it. And I did it a few times since. And that's been... It's a sort of an, a weird one. I'd love to do it for the Irish troops, though, I mean, but yeah. there's been talk about it because there's a few soldiers that come in and see me, young lads. They went over to, to Syria and stuff like that. Right, over to the Golan Heights. Yeah, they've had their farewell dues with me and, you know, because they're regulars and stuff mm. like that. And I've often, always said, like, have a chat whoever runs the entertainment. Tell them I want to come over. Do you mean in, in Ireland or wherever they're No, they're whoever's running their, their, their or yeah. our base. You know? mm, I suppose it probably wouldn't be in country they were on our base it'd be elsewhere yeah. in, a, in a safe zone but uh, they, there's, you know, so far no joy but I think Christy Moore hasn't had any joy either so I mean if he can't get any luck I, I don't know how I'm going to you know? yeah. um, whatever I read about kind of people that sing in bars online there's always kind of stories of getting out outrageous tips from people because they want to hear um, a specific song I suppose that's probably mm. more common in America than it would be here but have you had yeah. any kind of outrageous requests or uh, or things asked of you? I don't do tips <clears throat> at all. Okay. I don't, I've never done tips. I've never did tips at all. Actually, I, I, I did in America because mm -hmm. I was told, you, no, look, man, it's, a, it's the norm. You just do it. Yeah. Put the glass out, swallow your pride because they put dollars in. That's what they do, you know? Yeah. And, and then I, I understood it. Like, I took one night and then I had like nearly $200 and I went, okay, the glass is gone out. <laughs> but... Uh, but here in Ireland, I just, I just, I, I don't do it anywhere else. Um, would there be any specific reason for that? I suppose people that would be trying to tip here would probably be Americans. It's kind of a cultural thing, but yeah, would you see it that I'm already getting paid a wage by the bar? It's, yeah, it's just a job. And I don't want else out of there. Yeah, I don't want, I don't want anything else from them. Just their ears. Yeah. For hearing me. Because I suppose if they're directly giving you money, it's more. It feels more of a business transaction then rather than, you know, a shared yeah, enjoyment. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, it's something else about it. Um, I don't mind just singing the song, you know, I mean, it's my pleasure, you know what I mean? I do get paid for it, so it's my job. I have received mad tips before, you know what I mean? You know, somebody giving me 50 euros to sing a song. Mm. I'm, not gonna, I'm not stupid either, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just saying I don't have a tip jar out. That's yeah, all. Yeah. It's something I just don't do. I don't have time for it. I did be running amok on the stage, you know? Mm. So, um, I, you know, I, I, have, I have my CDs with my songs on them and whatever you yeah, know that is, it's a so if you want to kind of people want to buy it yeah if they want to, if they give me a tip i usually give them a cd mm. just as a barter system thing yeah so that's fair enough it is have you um have any plans for the the summer or the rest of the year on, on touring abroad and is there mm. anywhere you'd like to go that you haven't been to yet to play in um i've got regular stints now in norway belgium and switzerland so right. i've already been there a couple of times already this year around May was just ridiculous. I was, I was, I was, I was in the departure lounge more than I, I remember where I was going. Mm. But it was great. Um, I'm going to Galicia, back to Galicia in Spain, the Celtic region of Spain, 
now at the start of July. So that's where I'm really looking forward to going back over because that was amazing to meet those people, you know. And they were so, they were like they were really Celtic people, like yeah. not Spanish at all. They were you could tell the difference. Yeah. They speak Spanish, but they weren't you know this Spanish what I think of Spanish people. Mm. So I'm going back over in July, the start of July, and I really look forward to seeing that land again because mm. it just reminds me of being back in Ireland. And the people are very just beautiful people, mm. you know. So would there be much of a cultural exchange, say, you know, you playing a lot of traditional Irish songs between uh, Galicians and maybe Bretons? Would you mm. would you meet a lot of people like that in, in the pub yeah, who'd want to I share do, their yeah. music with I've, you? I've met a lot of musicians and I've met a lot of people from the Celtic, other Celtic regions. Mm. It's really interesting um, uh, to, to kind of, you, you hear melodies as well. You kind of go, oh, I know that melody. They've got different words, or it's a different, you know, take yeah. on a on a song or whatever. But then you kind of go, it's not a million miles away from this ballad that I know. And then it's very easy to jam with them, mm. you know, and, and it's great to jam with them as well. Especially when you see those, those, they've all got their own pipes, like their illum pipes as well. Yeah. You know, um, years ago I met a guy from called Carlos Nunes. He's a famous piper as well. It was great to meet him as well, and he he actually brought some people to O'Sullivan's then to see me play. And he's one of um, uh, Galician's best best pipers. He plays with Chieftains and stuff like that. So he's well known, you know. Uh, but then you see the different types of pipes and the Bowrons as well. You know, they all, everybody has a, their own traditional Bowron. It's not called a Bowron, but mm. then they have their own traditional Lillian pipes. And it's just great to, to see that different culture in the communities as well, as you yeah. said earlier on. You were the subject of a documentary, well, yourself and Patrick Carney's pub were the subject of a documentary a while ago made by a Spanish guy? Yeah, but that's the Galician people. Oh, that's the Galician people. Oh, that okay, came great. over, and then they came over and did this uh, sort of documentary. Uh, it was, you know, for, for, to be honest, it was, we knew it was an amateur uh, sort of uh, production, but he was starting somewhere. But he, I'll tell you one thing, he's come a long way now, Alberto. He's a serious man with a, with a camera now, you know. Mm. Uh, then I went over there. He organised a couple of gigs uh, for me. And I went over. And it was just brilliant. It was just great. And then we had a, he had an idea of making a, 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 the, the uniting Irish music with Galician music. And so I'd be playing my stuff and he'd get a, a Galician band to do that. And so he's, he's still got that on the shelf as a project to do that documentary. Mm. Um, but um, in the meantime, I'm going to go over to him again in July and do some gigs again. Mm. And, you know, because the owner saw me the last time and they said, when's Brian coming back? Mm. You know? It's strange that there isn't or isn't more kind of visible links between kind of, you know, communities like this or, or things that aren't promoted more, say, yeah. between tourism boards when, you know, really should have. You know, you'd assume that there'd be some kind of... Uh, well, you do. Of, you, festivals here in you do Maybe have to. You do. Well, I think there is a bit. You know, uh, there is a bit. I mean, there, I, I've seen a lot of uh, musicians come over from different countries. You know, uh, doing their folk music from their region. Um, I've never been part of the trad fest because I was never asked, and I don't know why I was never asked. Mm. I, I, just, I don't know why I'm not. I'd like to be on that program. Yeah, but, um, it is an odd one. It is an odd one. It's always been an odd one because I've met people that worked for that trad fest in Temple Bar trad fest and I've met uh, it was two girls in particular and they came up to me and go you're the only guy that we need your spot and the pub has told us the only guy we can't shift time wise <laughs> is my set 
Yeah. Like Brian Brody plays from that time and nobody else is playing. We want him on that time. He's not getting moved. Anybody else we can move, but we're not moving Brody. Yeah. And they it's always the and it was my time was a very peak time of the day where that they wanted that time and yeah. I was honoured that the pub were loyal to me. Yeah. But I always wondered why can't why am I not on that program? Yeah, you're, you're playing the slot anyway, so and I could do yeah, I could do two and a half hours of Irish songs, no problem, no sweat to me. Yeah. And Especially when tell are, a story. There are kind of some musicians that play it that aren't exactly traditional Irish. I know, yeah. So. That's right. So I don't know that I, I don't know, maybe I need to get a manager. Maybe they won't listen to just a musician on his own. Mm. Maybe you need to have an agent for that thing. Yeah. I have to look into that to be honest. So Brian, if anybody wants to, to hear you play, what days do you play in, in Pater Kearney's? I'm now every Friday and Saturday. If I'm not away, uh, you'll have to check the website. So it's www.brianbrody.com. And you'll go in, there's two sections of it, Irish pub entertainment side and then uh, personal and other music projects is the other side of the website, there's two sides. So go into the, into the pub entertainment side and you'll see tour dates and click on that and you'll see when I'm away so, um, so those dates I won't be in Paddock Kearney's but otherwise I'm here every Friday and Saturday starts at 10 o'clock finishes around the one mark so it's a three hour show with no breaks yeah. so you know you value for money and Publin very much recommends it otherwise we wouldn't be talking to you today. Oh, listen I really appreciate it thanks very much <laughs> thanks I, Brian thank you so much pleasure to meet you